0: Welcome to Banyan Books' Branches of Wisdom, celebrating the joy of bright ideas and heartful lifelong learning. Branches of Wisdom is a series of intimate conversations with the world's most influential authors and visionaries. We explore spirituality and the human mind, ecology and culture. Most episodes are recorded with a live audience. You can join our live events and submit questions to your favorite guests. Check out our upcoming schedule at banyan.com. Since 1970, Banyan Books has been a rich oasis at the crossroads of wisdom and philosophy, offering resources for humanity's evolving paths. We're a locally owned independent bookstore in the heart of Vancouver's Kitsilano neighborhood. Visit us in person or shop online at banyan.com. Please subscribe, follow like and leave your reviews for the podcast and now enjoy hello everybody welcome to branches of wisdom the banyan books podcast i'm your host ross mckeeche very excited about our guest today dr jennifer fried First of all, Banyan Books acknowledges that although we have people joining us from around the world, the physical location of Banyan Books and Sound is on the traditional and unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil nations. Our guest today, Dr. Jennifer Freed, is the best-selling author of Use Your Planets Wisely, and a renowned psychological astrologer and social and emotional education trainer. She has spent over 30 years consulting clients and businesses worldwide on psychological, spiritual, and educational topics. She has served as the clinical director of Pacifica Graduate Institute and is a national consultant for EMDR, post-traumatic growth therapies. As a regular contributor to Goop, Jennifer has written over 23 articles on wellness and astrology and has penned 10 books relating to personal growth. She has also been interviewed for her expertise by the New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and Vogue. She is the monthly psychological astrologer for the Sex with Emily podcast, the number one serious show on sexuality, and she is also a monthly columnist for the Montecito Journal. In 1999, Jennifer and her partner Randy Friedman created the nonprofit Aha, which is dedicated to teens, families, and educators feeling safe, seen, and celebrated. Aha has served over 35,000 children and families in Santa Barbara, and Jennifer has trained educators throughout the country in the five pillars of social and emotional learning. Dr. Freed's passion is to awaken the potentials of each client and the collective and to guide them to make lasting contributions to their communities. Today, Dr. Freed is with Banyan Books in conversation about her latest book, which is titled A Map to Your Soul, Using the Astrology of Fire, Earth, Air, and Water to Live Deeply and fully. It's a really amazing book. There's so much in there to glean. A little bit about it. There are four elements, fire, earth, air, and water, that exist in nature and within us all. Knowing your personal map of these four elements offers a way to personalize your self-care rituals and design your best life. In a map to your soul, Dr. Jennifer Freed is here to show you how to decode and tap into your gifts. She explains how your astrological birth chart can point you to the life you want and to pinpoint your most effective strategies. By balancing and supporting the elements within us, we can finally truly flourish. This is a quote from Tammy Simon, the founder and publisher It Sounds True. She says this about Dr. Freed. Jennifer Freed is the most empowering, intuitive, and accurate astrologer I have ever met. She tells it like it is while supporting your highest potential to come into being. Really, really excited to have our guest here. Her website is jenniferfried.com. Everybody, please join me in a warm welcome for Dr. Jennifer Freed.
1: Wow. After that introduction, I feel like I could just go to sleep and dream the best life ever. That was amazing. <laughs>
0: Well, it's so nice to have you here, Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Yes, and I want to express my deep gratitude for being interviewed by an actual bookstore with real people and real books. I buy books every chance I get because I really believe that when you touch a book or hear a book, it enriches our lives. So I'm so honored to be with you, Ross and Banyan Books. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And a, a, a really great offer from Dr. Freed just for today for those who uh, purchase a copy of this new book, A Map to Your Soul, uh, from Banyan, whether it's online or in person. If you do it online, you can email her your receipt. Uh, and Jennifer, I guess you'll share your email address or how people can send that. And yes. if you do that, what they're going to get a, a wonderful package of free stuff from you.
1: Yeah. If you email your receipt today to drjenfried at gmail.com, that's D-R-J-E-N-F-R-E-E-D at gmail.com, you'll get four other digital books and offerings that you're going to love, and it's worth over $100. So I want to support Banyan Books and give people a treat if they buy from you today.
0: Amazing. So that's a great offer you guys. If you if you go to banyan.com and search for this book, a map to your Soul, uh, you'll find it there. make your purchase and you get those four extra digital books for free. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, so this is this book is, is huge. There's so there's so many exercises and assessments uh, and practices in here along with a lot of very helpful information. I'm wondering if you can just give our audience uh, a glimpse into how this book came to be. Your your previous book was Use Your Planets Wisely. And I understand that in that book, you guide the reader in moving from primitive to evolving in all aspects of their chart. So how does this new book, uh, A Map to Your Soul, build on that work?
1: Well, basically, when I proposed this book and I was working with Gwyneth Paltrow and the Goop team and Random House, they're the publishers, They wanted a book that anyone could read, whether they knew astrology or not, and get a lot from it. But they also wanted a book for people that were interested in astrology to deepen their understanding. So that was my quest. And I had already written Use Your Planets Wisely about the planets through the signs in each person's chart. So I wanted to create a book that went deeper into the domains of our life and the houses in astrology there are 12 they actually can describe each area of our life and then how to flourish in each of those areas so those 12 domains they are what i focus on in this book and the elements came so clearly to me because they're the foundation of astrology fire Earth, air and water, they are the core components of any person's chart and we all have all those four elements, so this book is a combination of understanding the domains of life and how to upgrade all of your different expression through balancing the elements.
0: And it's such a, um, a helpful way of looking at ourselves and, and all these different domains in our life or these houses. Um, jumping into the first chapter, the first domain, which you call the first impression. Um, you, I, I, I love the, the commentary on first impressions and the masks we wear, it was really insightful for me. So right off the top, I could see clearly how understanding the mix of elements in my makeup influence the way i interact with everything around me so i'm wondering if you can explain for our audience a bit about the role of the elements in understanding this sort of natural social mask that we wear
1: great so in astrology there's something we call the rising sign or the ascendant and that is ascertained by the moment of your birth from the place you're born and of course your date it's basically What was the sign on the horizon at the moment of your birth at 6 AM? So when we understand what our social persona is, it's basically like the role we were cast to play in our family. You're an actor, so you'll understand this. All of us are in a play and some of us got certain roles that we were assigned within the family dynamic. Persona, or the mask we wear, is really crafted by the time we're four years old. And if you understand what is the element I most lean into in that role, you can become much more self-aware, but then you can also choose to incorporate other elements. So let's use you as an example. Can we?
0: Sure, yes. I- Just so everyone knows uh, Dr. Fried has my, my chart there.
1: I asked, and he said yes. So you have this gorgeous Leo rising, Leo is fire. And so the social role you were given in your family, how many people are in your family?
0: We're a family of four. So just one older sibling an older brother.
1: Oh, you're the youngest.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: Very good, Ross, because that works for a Leo rising. So, (laughs) you know, you were assigned to bring the joy, the fun and the love to the family. What a great assignment. And yet, Leo rising is also the performer. So there's a lot of kind of unspoken or spoken, you know, entertain us, please us, you know, be that person. So when you enter a room, that's the unspoken code. I'm here to kind of make things better for you and brighten things and be positive and fun and all that. And you're also a comedian. And by the way, Ross is an exceptional comedian, ready to be hired for a TV show. Just saying, (laughs) but I, but when you have a fiery rising, as you do, and I also have that too, sometimes we compensate by going into a room, being entertaining, and maybe not showing some other sides to ourself. So in your case, with a fiery rising, you might come in bright and hot and warm, but you might be neglecting the air possibility, which would be to be observant, reflective, contemplative, and a little bit more distant, but not unfriendly. Or you might be neglecting the earth part, which is come in like a tree. I'm grounded, I'm stable, I'm dependable, and I can handle anything that's going on because I'm rooted. Or you could come in like the water, which is very much this fluid, flowing, adapting kind of feeling zone, which isn't very look at me, it's much more about bring other people into feeling safe and comfortable. So in your case, these are your options now.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, it, it's so cool to look at all these different elements and how we can embody them to, to make, a, in this case, a, a better first impression. Yes,
1: because uh, what we do know from research, for a job interview, a date, you name it, we are all sizing each other up in the first 60 seconds. There's no big like 10 minute get to know you. It's like, boom, you walk in the room, people make up a lot of stuff about you. And that's one of my points in the book. A lot of clients would say to me, I just don't like being judged. I won't, don't want people to judge me. And then I have to remind them, that our brains are wired to judge each other. That is what they do. And that's a defense and it's also protection, but it's a sorting system. So I don't make a lot up about the people are judging me all the time. I'm like, good for them. They'll get over it.
0: Is that the amygdala, the part of the brains? I remember you mentioning the amygdala in the book.
1: Yes. So there's different parts of the brain. The one that's been here the longest you know, in our ancestry is the amygdala. And it's back here. And we call it the lizard brain because it's just about instinct. And it's based on fight, flight, faint, or freeze. And it's just very reactive and very protective. But it's also got a lot of life and aliveness. We love that amygdala. Um, But the neocortex really comes on later. And we, we need to keep developing it. And it's much more about Thinking, reflecting, pausing, delaying gratification, that type of difference. And so we have to modulate this reactive brain through this more cognizant, reflective, meditative, thoughtful brain.
0: In the second chapter, the second domain, which is called your core values and worth, Uh, This, this seems, I mean, so important. I mean, I think most of us have a rough idea, at least of our core values, but to actually take the time to go through it. I'm wondering if you can highlight from the perspective that you're coming from in this book with the elements and astrology, why is it such an important thing uh, for us to identify our core values? How does that help us to live a more self-expressed life?
1: That's a great question. I've certainly had to learn this one. The fact is, many of us could tell you in a conversation, I value this. But if you go through your day and look what you do from the moment you wake up to the time you go to sleep, many people will report they're not exactly prioritizing those values because all of us get caught up in so many complex other demands. But if you really take the time, especially with beloved others or your what I call your sacred crew, to define your core values, like what really matters to you. If you were to die tomorrow, if you could say, I lived these values faithfully, then you can begin to start attaching what activities go with these values and what activities actually do not go with these values and be much more intentional in how you approach each day.
0: And that aspect of the sacred crew, I want to get to that a little bit later, because that was a really interesting section, and I think important to discuss another point that from chapter two throughout the book, I really appreciate that the the books framed in a way that's immediately usable for total beginners to astrology, but then you also offer ways to use the book for for those who might be a little more advanced or have more understanding with working with their their natal chart. And you include this illumination section in each chapter to provide a more kind of nuanced look. Um, and in chapter two, you mentioned this, you say, the sign you find on the second house cusp can yield insights about the issues you have to work on regarding your self-worth. So I'm wondering a bit about, can you specifically talk about first, what does it mean to be on the cusp? How do we work with the the, uh, the what's on the cusp? Yeah.
1: Well, in astrology language, the cusp of the second house simply means the sign that's on the beginning of your second house. In your case, again, it's Leo. So when you look at that sign that's on the second house, that will talk to you about the second house has to do with values, what you value and how you feel valued. It used to, in ancient astrology, just be about money and gold and treasures, like whether you're rich or poor. But as we've developed and we have choice and we're not just about our material existence, the second house has a lot to do with your self-esteem, like what you think you're worth. And so again, in your chart, uh, a lot of your self-worth has to do with how successful you feel at bringing joy and entertainment to others. So this is going to be consistent for you and We'll talk later about your cycles or transits that show that you're about to hit it big. But you're going to be your happiest and feel the most worthy when you bring your entertainment skills into the wider community in your chart. Now, in my chart, the second house starts with Capricorn, very different than Leo. And so when I feel the most worthy is when I'm making practical, helpful interventions with other people. Because Capricorn's all about practicality. It's earth and it's making things last and things of value. So I noticed that when I help another person, like yesterday, I helped a writer friend get 45 new people for her writing program. This is like my happiest thing. Today, I helped a friend of mine who's a Broadway producer get some more investors. This is my happiest thing. I want to do something that actually makes life better in a very practical way for anyone I can.
0: Wonderful. Okay. So knowing knowing that key piece that will help us to feel that we're valuable in the world.
1: Yes. and And to bring it to an elevated place. So let's say in your case, in my case. If you weren't a healthy individual and you hadn't been doing your work and perhaps you had some addictions or you were just really not very mentally well, Leo on the second house could be you're just a drama queen, attention seeker, and you never get enough attention and you never feel worthwhile. That would be the downside. For me, Capricorn on the second could be I'm ambitious. I don't care who I run over. So We always have choice, and the point of my book is be very clear what you value so you're living that creed and not what other people say to you or what other people think about you.
0: Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Now, a a reminder to our live audience that we're going to get to as many of your questions as we can in the last 15 or 20 minutes of our program today. And again, letting people know who are maybe tuning in a little bit later, that uh, if you purchase this book today, within the before midnight tonight, uh, from Banyan Books, Banyan.com, uh, and then email your receipt to Dr. Freed at, what's the email address again? Dr.
1: Jen Freed at gmail.com. Maybe somebody could put it in the chat. I think
0: Jacob maybe has already put it in the chat. I'm not okay. looking. But if not, Jacob will put it in there. Doc. Dr. Jennifer, Dr. Jen Freed at gmail.com.
1: Exactly, and then you will get four free items along with the book that are gonna be really educational and fun, four free items worth over a hundred dollars.
0: Fantastic, that's just great. Okay, so folks go ahead and type your questions into the chat and go ahead and and, uh, buy the book at banyan.com today and get your four free eBooks from Dr. Freed. The third domain, and we're not going to have time to go through all, all 12 yeah. of them, but I'm just, I, I really liked the, the third domain, how you speak and listen. And one of the things I love is how you talk about curiosity, as I'm quoting here, probably the single most important tool in communication, curiosity. How do both our listening and speaking faculties shift when we move from a place of judgment to a place of curiosity?
1: For me, this is foundational. So I've been teaching communications and listening and relationship for 40 years. And I've done couples counseling and individual counseling and massive amounts of group work. The people that are happiest are the most curious, period. And how do we know you're curious? Because you're listening more than you're talking. You're asking deep, meaningful questions more than you're monologuing. I can't tell you enough how many first dates I've heard about in which one or the other person never asked one question. I can't even describe how many family events I've gone to where people are holding forth and never listening to each other. And I really believe, I've really thought about this deeply lately. Look at this North American problem, the haves, the have-nots, the the polarities, Not, not many people are listening. Everybody's got a big point of view, but it doesn't seem like on a deep level, people are, what could I learn here? A good friend of mine, Norman Lear, who's 100 years old and one of the most famous TV producers and creators ever. He said to me, I've never met a person I couldn't learn something from. And I'll tell you, Norman's one of the happiest people I've ever met. And the most beloved person I've ever met. Because he comes into the room not to tell you more about him and what he's accomplished, but let's get to know Ross. Who's Ross? What's his, what's his passion? I could go on and on about this because I, I I just I'm dumbfounded by how many people's minds are just about what they believe and think, and they aren't even curious.
0: One of the things you talk about is you show how we can work with the elements to actually cultivate that capacity, that skill set for deep listening. Can you touch on that a little bit?
1: Yes, easily. So if you're very fiery like me, you might tend in conversation to interrupt or to hijack or to dominate. That's just because you're so excited. But instead, if you're fiery, you can get passionately engaged in listening Brighten your eyes and interest into the subject the person's speaking about. Actually see the sun coming up through their face. I mean, you can use all that fire as this incredible warmth to bring the other person out. If you want to use earth, you can imagine you're like this mountain receiving this person. And you just take them in and you actually ground them in a sense of true interest in what they're saying in a very slow down and very sensual way. If you want to use air positively, you become such a great reflection. You reflect back to them not only what they've said, but how they've said it. You think very carefully about the right kind of question to empower them and bring them out. And if you want to use the water to become much more of a curious and listening person. You just imagine that you are this warm water embracing their words and their essence, and you feel with them, but you don't go into their space and feel identified with them. You just send them this warm water feeling of compassion and understanding. And when you listen like that, People will feel so happy.
0: There's some great stuff in there. I'm going to have to watch this again to really fully integrate that. That's that's useful information for me. Thank you so much. Okay, here's, here's the eighth domain, which is intimacy, intimacy and sex. Of course, everybody's interested in this. It's really important. You're the monthly Psychological Astrologer for the Sex with Emily podcast. So I'm assuming you probably have a lot of experience as a psychologist and astrologist with intimacy and and sex. At the end of the chapter, you write this. Sexuality isn't just about sex. If we let it, the energy that underlies our sexual natures permeates all we are and everything we do. It's the energy of eros, life force, development and growth. When we remain in touch with our erotic selves everything in our lives becomes more vivid deep joyful and creative wondering if you can fill us in on how working with the elements in astrology can help us to embrace and express our sexuality in healthy ways
1: okay great but i gotta say you of all people should be teaching this really Yes, your chart is the most hot, sexy chart. You should. Really... <laughs> oh. No, really, I'm not. I didn't kid. know that. I
0: didn't. I had no but idea.
1: You have Mars and Venus and Aries, and you have your part of fortune in the eighth house. So, you, I want, I want to dispatch you to start teaching men about full embodied erotic living, which isn't about genital fixations or climaxing and all of that. It's really about. Are you living like a lover in every moment of your life? And are you, like right now, as I drink this tea, am I loving this tea? Am I appreciating this tea? Am I making contact with the tea or am I distracted? Am I disassociated, which would be air, not good. So basically, if you really want to be a lover and a great lover, love your life. Love everything in it and bring that to your partner, whoever it is. So many people think I can just be dull, dead, and occupied and overexhausted, and then we should have great sex. It's ridiculous. Sexuality, Eros is in everything. Like I woke up this morning at six and I, beyond my computer are these extraordinary mountains and they're kind of in the morning lately, like an orange yellow. And I just was in love with the mountains. That's arrows, instead of who thinks I'm attractive. We've mixed up so much of this stuff. So when you think of the elements for a erotic life, fire is just being exuberant and appreciated, appreciative and grateful for just your vitality. Be vital. Earth would be love your body. You've got one. No matter what shape it's in, no matter what size it's in, It has the capacity for pleasure. We were born with this amazing capacity for pleasure. Use it, not just when you're with somebody else, like be in pleasure. With air, think sexy thoughts about life itself. Life is one big, huge procreation. Be in love with it, notice it. And water, like really understand that everything like the ocean is in flow and flux. And if you can even move bodily that way, like many days I get up or at some point in the day, just put on music and dance. I'm like my own happy party dancing and dancing's very watery if you move with the music. So I'm just giving you some examples, but the main thing I want to say to everyone listening is have a sexy life. You'll be a much better lover
0: that's wonderful thank you and and uh, I'll I'll uh, take your advice I do I do actually host men's circles where I teach traditional yoga and we do tantric work as well not
1: I knew it there you are look at you so you should do your stand up a bit about sexuality because you really have this this is one of your greatest gifts
0: okay thanks I'll, I'll put my mind and body to that thank you okay Um, one of the cool things about this book that I love is the assessments, the different assessments throughout. And in this chapter on, on intimacy and sex, sexuality, you do this assessment called my intimate needs. Um, it was really thought provoking for me and I could see, you know, myself and different other people I knew quite well looking at it. I'm wondering if you can tell our audience more about this particular assessment, and how, how useful it is for couples to maybe work through it together.
1: Well, this is where I wanna give credit to my friend, Emily Morse, the top sex show on in the country. You know, we talk a lot about mostly people assume they know what each other likes and what each other needs because we've had this shown in media, like if you're really attracted, you will know all the moves. You never have to ask a question. You just mind guess everything. But really, and especially in a long-term relationship, which I'm in, needs change, desires change, preferences change. So these assessments are designed for you and an intimate other or others to really start looking at what turns me on, what turns me off. What makes for a great intimate connection? So the assessments were meant to be done as a wake-up tool. So it's not all unconscious and all assumed. And I think that's why it's such a great tool. And Emily and I have discussed this. And she went right home and did it with her new, well, now not so new anymore, this lovely man she's with. And she said it was so illuminating. Why wouldn't you want to know that?
0: I, I want to jump, if we can, to chap- chapter 11, the 11th domain, which, which you mentioned before when we were talking about core values. This is about the sacred crew. First of all, I, that's a cool name, the sacred crew. It, wh- where did you come up with that name? Is that something you heard elsewhere? Is this something that's no, come
1: I, up? I, t- I made it up. And the reason I've heard other things, soul family, God family, really good other terms, but I realized none of them were active. And for me, what's coming up in 2023 is Pluto going into Aquarius. And the last time it was in Aquarius was the French and American revolutions and the invasion of the Hawaiian Islands. We're up to some stuff here. And what I really believe is we can't just be associated, we have to be intentional in conscious communities, which it sounds like you're in. So, the sacred crew came to me because the crew metaphor is when you're in a crew, you've seen that, right? Everybody's got to work together. You can't have somebody off on their own thing, it won't move. So, the sacred crew comes with the idea that you have eight to 12 people in your life that you make a commitment to, and they make a commitment to you about really being a conscious, bonded group with you of people that will completely and utterly work to uplift your life and uplift theirs and out of that make the world a better place. This is the most important thing to me right now and it's the most important thing for people to know about right now. The way to shift this world is not by going on Instagram and posting your opinions. That's fine but it's gonna actually be small groups of people that join with other small groups of people to create truly lasting social change. And also they all have to have that ingredient of curiosity. These are not groups that should be about the silos of thinking. They're groups of people that are saying, grow with me, learn with me, make a better world with me.
0: Yes. And and you talk about these sacred crews like needing to have between 8 to 12 people at least to incre- increase the likelihood of including folks who land across the elements spectrum. Can you talk about that a bit?
1: Yes. Well, one thing I've noticed in my life, and you've probably seen it too, we're all so busy. If I just have my one fiery friend, Marla, I can call her whenever I want. She'll cheer me up. She's hysterical. She could be a stand-up comic, no problem but she's got 10 grandchildren. I mean, she's busy. So if I just say, oh, you're my person, that's so unfair, number one, because she's busy, I'm busy. But number two, she's the fire. I need my watery friend who I can go to when I'm crying and they can just be with me and not try to fix me. So the eight to 12, you want to distribute across different interests in your life because I found that if I'm going through a crisis, there's usually one or two that are available, you know, and simultaneously, like this year, I've gone through so many great, amazing successes. There's usually two or three people that can like really go there with me. And I think one of the mistakes we've made in this, what I call the coupling conspiracy is the idea if you find your one mate, you're set. What a burden to another human being. So unfair. And it usually doesn't work well. We all need a lot more people and they need us too.
0: Yes. Yeah. Just a reminder to our live audience, we're going to be uh, getting to some of your questions shortly. So please keep those questions rolling into the chat for Dr. Fried and we'll, we'll answer as many as we can. The 12th domain spirits and temptations. One of the things that I really found useful in this chapter was the exercise around assessing our vices. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. You wrote that our chosen strategies for checking out and escaping. Tell us a lot about where our elements are out of balance. Can you tell us more about that in the process of identifying our vices?
1: Well. I think it just comes down to this. The vices are showing us our most innermost needs that are not being met through ourselves directly. And so they're all an escape route, a substandard way to try to meet those needs. So for example, if I'm smoking um, vapes or you know using stuff to like smoke, it's because I want deeper breath. I wanna pause in my life. And yet smoking, for many people, my mother was a big smoker. Many of my friends are potheads. I'm just saying that is truly a quest for breath and space. If you really broke it down, what's the core need not being met in life? For many of these people, it's like, can I take a full, gorgeous, life-affirming breath? Can I live with more spaciousness? So that would be an example. People that are really into, um, let's say, alcohol, drowning in spirits, you know, they want to just numb out and be left alone from the hardships and the harsh edges of life, because alcohol in the beginning is very numbing. So that's a water thing. You actually want to be able to feel more and not feel overwhelmed. So I have a lot of mercy for all of us with our vices because all of them are attempts to solve a problem we don't quite know how to solve at this
0: moment. Thank you. Like I that. like
1: caffeine. I'm fire, right?
0: Aha, uh-huh, okay.
1: You know? Yeah. i up. Now I can do a little caffeine and I love it, make no mistake. But if I do a little more caffeine, It is not good for me or anyone else. It's too inflaming.
0: I'm right there with you on that one.
1: Yeah. So I I feel mercy. It's like we love what we love because we like that feeling underneath, but many of us haven't had the tools or support to get right to the direct thing.
0: That's really helpful to understand that underlying need there, that underlying desire, uh, that's contained in those vices. Thanks for that. Um, The 10th domain, this is, this is um, something very interesting and dear to my heart. I'm not sure why, but I've always felt frustrated when I hear people say that it's too late to do something that they always wanted to do in their life. And in, in this, in this chapter, it's about legacy and lasting impressions. And there's a section titled, it's never too late. And you wrote, it's never too late to commit to the imprint you want to make on people's lives. I've known many people who later in life became the person they wanted to be after chasing windmills of money and accolades and not being happy with themselves for decades. They slowed down and realized the gold is in the moment of connection, not in the coins or even in the cause. Can you comment a bit more on this? And maybe even if if anything comes to you, tell, share a story about, about a, a, a someone who's been in this situation?
1: Yeah, I, I can never give away, so I'm gonna make it like a, a, a mix of people because okay. I don't want in the person. So I've worked with a lot of billionaires and millionaires and famous people, et cetera. So this is a compilation of two guys I've worked with, both enormously successful monetarily like they just poured themselves into their success of the business. And both of them, so I'll put him as one person, I'll call him Jake. Jake ended up at 60, not being close to his kids, not liking his wife. His wife couldn't stand him because he had billions of dollars, planes, every toy you'd ever want to get in your life. But he had sacrificed connection for all of it. Cause that happens to a lot of men that are providers. It's like more is better, more is better. Everybody really gives them external rewards for that. But he came to see me and he's a beautiful soul saying, none of this is working for me. Like I got here and so what's in it for me? And he finally realized over time, none of it mattered if he didn't have closeness in his life. His, he, he finally um, ended the marriage. He made a much bigger attempt to be closer to his kids. He slowed down his life. He sold some things. And I'm happy to report years later, he's found this extraordinary partner. And he spent so much more of his time just enjoying the company of him, you know, with his beloved. And I really believe it's never too late. It's never too late because what we've all been fed is this big lie of, if you get this, you get this, you get this, you get this, you'll be happy. But I think we've really misunderstood happiness is in, in getting things. So there's a great quote, my friend Graham says, live to contribute more than you capture. Live to contribute more than you capture. And I would say there's no more single important thing that would guide you to happiness contribute more than you're trying to capture, no matter what your circumstances. Because, you know, I live like a pretty ordinary life compared to a lot of the clients I live. I have like, we have our one house, we have our two cats, you know, like I'm good. And I just feel so much happier giving to people than getting things. And I think we've really misunderstood this.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks so much. Um, we've got some nice questions rolling in here from our live audience. That okay if we get to some of those?
1: Yes. Let's see if I can answer them. Or you said you would if I couldn't.
0: Right. I'll do my best. I'll improvise. Okay. So we've got one from Carl who says, I am Taurus sun and Cancer moon. Can you speak to how those signs connect with the elements?
1: Yes. First of all, Carl, that's a great combination. One of my favorite. Taurus is earth. Cancer is water. Earth and water love each other. You just have to watch to not get too muddy. You know? So you want it to be more like the beautiful, very defined pond with the luscious water inside of it. So that's your image. You want to be the steady, grounded, pond that then hosts the feeling and sensitivity of all that water emotionally that you have, Carl. Beautiful combination.
0: Thank you, Carl. Uh, There's one here from Sarah who asks, is the aim to identify where our elements are out of balance and then cultivate crafts and practices to build those?
1: Very good, Sarah. Sarah's a smart one. That's exactly right. My whole idea is that we all can keep growing. And if you're out of balance, no matter what, you're out of balance. So bring in the elements that bring you into more balance and therefore more full expression.
0: Fantastic. Okay, thank you, Sarah. Uh, Jane asks, we were talking about vices before and you're talking about the underlying need there. She says, what is the underlying need in the vice of pornography?
1: Oh well, that's easy. I feel so bad for people that are addicted to pornography. Um, it's visual, so it's an air thing. You know pornography is something you're doing in your mind, and it's a very intense engagement. So it's the person that feels like they want to have more intense sensational engagement visually, etc, and is feeling very empty very, very empty in terms of connecting to the true physical and visual world. So it's like a deficit they're trying to fill. But the thing about any kind of addiction and pornography is one of them, and you can talk to anybody. If it worked, you kind of do like 10 different sessions, you'd be done. But it's the addictive quality. You can never get enough of what you can't really have. And what people really want with pornography is a sense of connection and being like, truly, mentally, physically connected with another being. But it doesn't really do that. It's, it's again, a fake of that.
0: Thank you. There's a question from Danya here. Danya says, what are your astrological or element thoughts on when we feel big attraction to someone? even if it might not be the healthiest relationship.
1: That happens all the time. Yeah, that's called chemistry. And that is like, could be in the charts. It could be fire with fire or, you know, two earth things. And you're very mature to realize that chemistry doesn't necessarily represent compatibility. That's a real mature thing to understand. You can be so drawn to the worst person for you just based on something in the charts. But as my friend Courtney said, don't be picking anybody by any category, pick the healthiest person in the room. That's what you should always be the most interested in meeting, the healthiest person in the room. And that could be a fiery person, an earth person, water, but chemistry is a delightful thing. It's like striking a match. It's a beautiful thing, but you wouldn't want to strike matches all day long. That would be distracting. So who is the healthiest person for you? Seek that person.
0: Excellent. Okay. thanks for that question, Dania. One here from Jen, Jen says, thank you so much. How can all this work when there is so much sadness in the world?
1: That's a water question. So first of all, yes, there is so much sadness in the world. Let's all be with that. It's true. So again, because I never want to minimize the water feelers because they feel this so strongly and I do too, but I have air to think about it more and not be so kind of caught up in it. I would say this, there's so much sadness in the world. It's our duty to find joy and spread that because we can't solve all the sadness, but we can build more joy and all feelings are contagious. So it's not that I wanna minimize the sadness, but I wanna say aim for joy, spread that. That is also a feeling that needs a lot more attention. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you, thanks. And thank you for for that question, Jen. Um, We've got one from, uh, the name is Five Cat. What (laughs) are the... (laughs) <laughs>
1: that makes me happy already.
0: If
1: you cats, I love you. I'm all about cats.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, so what are the things to look out for for a person that has their sun and mercury exactly conjunct with their partner's ascendant and Saturn? Death feels like there is a soulmate situation going on.
1: It sounds pretty serious. I mean, Saturn is always the one that says commit or end. So the thing I would look at is, is this the right person to be this committed to? If they are, that's a great combination. Saturn is always the one that will say, energetically, archetypally, commit or get out. There's no like, oh, check this out. It's a very serious thing. It's a serious contract.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. Five cat. There's one from Erica. We're just rolling along here. Erica says, I am Pisces rising and moon with Leo sun. What would be a good way to ground myself?
1: That's a great question. Cause you do need grounding for me. The best way to ground always hug a tree, lay on the ground, garden, do some, um, tree standing poses in yoga, you actually have to work with the metaphor of earth and the reality of earth to ground and make it part of your practice every single day. So like I have a little yard out there and I'm not always as grounded as I want to be. I'll just walk out there after each session and just touch the grass or, you know, pick an avocado or anything I can do to remember I'm earth. It's very, very important to do those things.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I I got stuck on you can you pick avocados you have an avocado tree in your backyard
1: yes we're very lucky we have two avocado trees one lemon tree one orange tree one pear tree
0: oh man man California yeah yeah we don't get to we can grow apples and pears here but avocados no Oh no
1: it's my favorite food if I had to pick it's a fun game to play with your friends one food what is it going to be mine's avocado
0: I, it's definitely in the top three for me. I don't know if it would be my number one, but okay. uh, here's a here's an, a, a question that I'm curious about, too, uh, from Elise. Elise says, just curious, what has it been like working with Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow?
1: That's funny coming from Elise. Um, okay, so he, here's the bottom line. Gwyneth Paltrow has been consistently, incredibly kind and warm to me. I don't know about anybody else because, you know, I'm just me and her, but I've known her for a while now. I consider her a friend. She has been so humble, kind, loving, and consistent. I couldn't be more grateful. That's the fact. Goop, I have some friends at Goop because I've been with them for a while now. Um, I'm so impressed with the women that work at Group Goop. And they're mostly only women, or I'd say a man too. But these women are usually 20 to 35. They're the smartest, brightest, warmest, most effective and competent women. So basically it's a rave report. Elise.
0: Fantastic. There's a question from Leah who says, I find my... Capricorn rising cap moon sits on my playful Gemini sun, like a lead blanket, hard to find joy and play. How to lighten up that cap vibe.
1: I'm with you on that. It's hard to lighten up that cap vibe. You've got that right. It has to be a lesson. So you have to teach it. So Capricorn, like, you know, I have Capricorn strong mercury. We like to teach things and make them useful. So for you, play has to be like a book you make, or maybe you teach a class on how to play. It has to be structured. So I think I would never put myself down if I was that person for not being as spontaneous and wild and fun as others. But you have an extraordinary opportunity to structure play. Make play like a ritual or a routine, and you'll be very good at it.
0: Fantastic. I think we've got time for just one more audience question here. This one's from Caroline and uh, Caroline says, how do I know when it's the right time to make a career change or start my own business?
1: Well, that is one of those questions I would say, Caroline, how do you know? You know, this is where you can't look outside. You have to say, is it a whole body? Yes. If it's a whole body, yes, you got to go with it. And if you isn't a whole body, yes, what would bring you to a whole body? Yes, to make a change. And a whole body, yes, is just that feeling Then we all know it when no matter how scary it is, I got to go, I got to do it. But you need a lot of support for that. So go to your sacred crew, tell them what kind of career change you want to make, and really dial into what it's gonna be like to make that change.
0: Wonderful, thank you. Thanks everybody so much for all of your questions. It's it's so great to have this live audience here helping to create these events with us. We've been speaking with the wonderful Dr. Jennifer Freed about her new book, A Map to Your Soul, Using the Astrology of Fire, Earth, Air and Water to Live Deeply and Fully. And again, letting you know that there's a special offer from Dr. Freed for today only before midnight if you purchase this book at Banyan.com or go in in person or give us a call um, and email her your receipt of purchase. She's going to send you four free eBooks as well. So you can email her at drjenfreed at gmail.com. So that's d r j e single n or double n single d-r-j-e-n-f-r-e-e-d at gmail.com her your receipt and you'll get those four free ebooks today only it's an amazing offer thanks so much for that
1: definitely i love for people to buy books this is what i'm passionate about so i'm so glad to be on this particular show
0: thanks so much yes everybody support your local independent bookstores wherever you are um Dr. Freed, before we say goodbye, uh, is there anything coming up for you that you want to tell folks about at all? What, what's going on for you?
1: Well, it is the most important thing to me for people to realize they can make a huge difference. If every single person dropped in right now to realizing that every single person contributing to the well-being of each other and this planet would shift things massively in a good way. Everybody would make the time and effort to do that work. And I'm convinced it can only happen when you're in a sacred crew of people that hold you accountable and love you deeply. So this is what I want for myself and everyone.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Dr. Freed. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Branches of Wisdom. Our producer is Jacob Steele. The show is edited by Abdo Habani. And I'm your host, Ross McKeechee. Watch all our conversations on YouTube by searching for Banyan Books or listen on your favorite podcast platform. Please subscribe, follow, like, and leave your reviews and comments. We love to hear from you. For all our live events, books, and more, visit us at banyan.com.